0: Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Owner's Box. We're back. It's Billy Koch, founder and managing partner at Little Red Feather Racing Club, and Michelle Yu, the most talented and hardest-working person in the horse racing business, maybe in the world. Ha! Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Michelle, how was your little break?
2: It was good. I mean, it was just a two week break from doing this. But like in actuality, it was not really a break.
1: Right. You move back to Santa Anita. You got all your horses there. You're working your butt off. You got Santa Anita coming up, opening the autumn meet this Friday. That's exciting. Big races on tap all weekend long, Michelle. I mean, it's there's some exciting horses running this weekend.
2: Well, it's going to be great because obviously as we are kicking towards Breeders Cup, we definitely are going to have a lot of horses running. We already have Breeders Cup runners on the grounds, including White Abario, yes. um, who is actually in the barn of Doug O'Neill right now with his trainer, Rick Dutrow, and uh, my girl Emily Ellen would be getting on him every single I- I day.
1: I saw that. I saw that. Do we have any notes on White Abario? Because I kind of like him.
2: Uh, he looks really good to me. She said he's so kind. He goes out there and he just does whatever you ask him to do. And I mean, it's 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 really nice to see a classy horse come.
1: Well, yeah, and and it's I I heard or I read, um, I think Steve Asmussen sending his horses. Yeah,
2: they'll be here next week.
1: Yeah, and and I think. How do you feel Andy like? Angelo's coming too. Yeah, Archangelo, if you had a horse back east, would you send them early like this, have yes. him a couple times out of the track? 100%. So asking, I said that to someone at dinner the other night, and they said, why? And I want you to answer that question.
2: I mean, for me, if you ship them out right before, then you just run the risk of something happening. What if they get sick? We've seen horses get scratched out of the derby because they had a fever. You know what I mean? Um, What if they bang their foot coming off the van and you're only three days out from the race? You can't run. If you come out a month early... You can handle a fever. You can handle your foot being banged around. I think the acclimation with the racetrack, I think the difference in weather, in humidity, in surface, I mean, all of those things and the familiarity with their surroundings. Now, some horses don't care. You can take them in and out of wherever you want, and they are unflappable. Some horses do not like to move from their stall. So, like, you want to bring them in and just get them Acclimated in every way possible. So for me, I would 100% bring my horse out at least a week early if I was capable of it. But really, if the ones that are coming out two, three weeks early, I think that is clutch if you can do it.
1: I think it's great. I totally agree. I think it's one, I think really important to get your horse used to the racetrack at Santa Anita. It's just different than uh, these East Coast tracks. So, um, Good job by these guys getting them out early, and I look forward. I'm going to be out there this weekend. I hope I see some of them work. This is one of the most exciting times when you get to see a lot of horses that you don't get to see all the time.
2: Yeah, we just had um, the good Japanese horse win this week as well, and so we're going to have another Japanese contingent coming out here, and we saw how well that worked out. So Yushpa Tesoro won his prep race, and... Um, I saw Dermo Sadogake is gonna be coming, so it's gonna be really fun and international. Um yeah, yes,
1: yes. I think it's gonna be great. Uh you know I always look forward to the British Cup. We have a great show coming up. Ty Leatherman's gonna join us. He had a big win over the weekend. I don't wanna step on three things of note, but what do you think, Michelle? <sighs>
2: Well, it is probably our number one thing of note, Billy, is that we had not only the grade one cotillion, but also the Pennsylvania Derby this week. So big money was on the line. The conditions were a little dubious to some people. But what we had oh, was baby. another cow bread winning a grade one in the cotillion with Ceiling Crusher and our guest Ty Leatherman, a co-owner there, and the Penn Derby going to um, Brad Cox and his team. And actually, I thought about trying to get the owner of him on the show
1: as well, because Did you forget the name of the horse? uh,
2: It's Saudi Crown.
1: Oh, okay. Because you just kind of danced around it. Did I? I?
2: Sorry. I I honestly wasn't meaning to. You were dancing. Uh, It was not intentional by any means. I'm distracted.
1: You're very sharp. Uh, Yeah, you cannot be distracted. All right. What else? uh, What are the second and third things of note?
2: Uh second thing of note is that they announced today that Kentucky Derby winner Mage will be heading to our very good friend Brett Jones' farm, Airdrie Stud, upon retirement.
1: That is great news. Uh kudos I think mean, that's a to-
2: great place to foster him for being a stallion. Yeah.
1: Kudos to Brett, his whole team, my good friend Ben Henley. Um I wanna say one thing about that. I um Brett's father, Brereton Jones, passed away uh last week. Um I went to the funeral yesterday, Michelle, and I have to say, it was, it, as far as funerals I've been to go, and I, I, I'm not a great funeral guy, I don't really like, I, I, it's hard. They're hard. And, um, Brett and his family did such an unbelievable job of making it a celebration, and they had a great, um, they had these, these sing, these people sing, and the people who got up and spoke, including Larry Jones um, and Brett, uh, it was it was amazing. It was inspiring. Michelle, uh, apparently something that I didn't know is Brary—that's what they call him—Brary, the governor. Um, he was very much into this book called um, um, po- "The Power of Positive Thinking." Okay. And that was like, he always was positive. He always got it done. He always, you know, kept going. And, and the theme was he did everything he wanted to do in his life. And by, by using positivity. And he said, one of the things he said, he never would say he was tired. Ever. Ever. Like that was just an absolute no-no. And I found it so, again, I'm using the word inspiring, but, you know, a lot of times, look, we all do it um in our daily lives. We 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 get tired, we get bored, we get whatever it is, you know, and we want to complain and all that kind of stuff. And apparently that just wasn't part of his vocabulary. And I I, I really I really took it to heart. And I, I want to tell, you know, the Jones family how much I appreciated being there and being a part of it and uh how inspired I was after it. And I, I'm going to stick to that. Uh, as we as we head into the quarter, the fourth quarter of this year.
2: Oh, I love that, Billy.
1: Valuable lesson. Valuable lesson. Yeah. I caught myself last night. I actually I was with my wife. We were in Kentucky, and we flew home this morning, and I caught myself because I was tired. You know, I just was. And I caught myself, and I'm like, nope, nope, not tired, not tired. Just probably ready to go to sleep because it was late, <laughs> but, but not tired. Not, not tired.
2: tired. No, I'm not tired.
1: I am not tired. So, anyway, um, I thought it was great. And, uh, kudos to Brad again. I mean, I, I know his dad would be very proud of the speech he made. It was, if you ever get a chance to talk to anybody else about it, it, it was really something. Um, very touching. So anyway, great to have Mage at Airdrie.
2: Very nice. Um, and my third thing of note was that Matt Dinnerman has accepted the job as the race caller at Oaklawn Park.
1: Good for him. Good for him. Good, good. You know, Matt is a good guy. I think he's an excellent race caller. He has his own style. He has his own um, just, you know, he's got a personality. And I think it'll fit really well at Oakland Park. And I think they made a great hire.
2: Excellent. Well, that's it, Billy. That's all I've covered. Three
1: things you know. I'm going to throw something else at you.
2: Oh, boy.
1: While we're talking about announcers, because I saw on on the Twitter, the X, that that Jessica Paquette was getting a lot of shit, I guess. Yes. I didn't really. I didn't see any of the the stuff. Like, were they just ripping on her calls, or what? They what were
2: was saying that she mispronounced a name? Right. Uh, I think they. I think they said she called ceiling Crusher ceiling pressure. Okay. At one point. Close. And then uh, that she sounded a little out of breath at the okay. end of the.
1: I think she's been calling team. races professionally for like six months, so I think everyone just needs to give her a break. Um, yeah. Do I think she's a great race caller right now? No, I don't. I mean, I'm being honest. Like she like, even
2: doesn't. She even says she's not a great yeah, race I,
1: caller I right now. Her, I think her. You know, in fact, I, I was actually talking to our good friend Larry Colmus about it because I, I was like, "What?" I actually said to him, well, "How do we help her?" Because I think she call. She's like rushing. It seems to me like she has no real cadence. Like there's like there's a bunch of things in there, but I think you know. Listen, she's out there trying, man, and, and she's doing the best job she can, and hopefully she gets better. And that's the bottom line. That's it. There's nothing else to be said. You shouldn't rip on someone. I mean, you know, right? I agree.
2: You should I not rip on someone. That's yeah. tri- I mean, look, sure, it's a, a big day, and I, everyone would love perfection, but who do you think is the best race call in our sport? I guarantee you they've had less than perfect days. Here's a great example. I did a uh, preview of the upcoming wagers at Santa Anita this week, and I showed a race replay from Del Mar. There was a horse running named Numero Diz, Dix. Yeah.
1: Okay? yeah.
2: Trevor called him Numero Dix.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. For sure, that's not his name.
2: But... <laughs> Like I'm just saying you think that he's right. one of our preeminent race callers yeah. and there's a, a a a screw up right there. No one's perfect.
1: Nobody's perfect. She does exactly. need work. And I think she I am certainly far from perfect. Just to ask my wife. But um <laughs> but but I think that look, I think she's going to get better. I think you know cr- cr- constructive criticism would be great. I would love to talk to her um, you know, and just give her some, my thoughts, even though, but the thing about it is I'm not a race caller. I'm just a, a race listener. So I don't, you know, I just have my certain people that I like. I like Colmiss. I like Rona. I like, you know, old, I like, I like uh young Trevor. I I was a huge young, Trevor. Fan. young Trevor, young Trevor. They reached that cut up. Sorry. All right, here we go. Um, Ty Leatherman coming up right after this break.
2: The Owner's Box is thrilled to be brought to you once again by the Breeders' Cup. The weekend is heavy with win and you're in action this week. There are 12 Challenge Series races from all the way across the globe, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On September 30th, there are a couple of two-year-old races from Newmarket. Also, there's going to be three domestic stakes from Aqueduct to Churchill and all the way out to the Great Race Place. On Sunday, it is a feature day for the international stars with five Challenge Series races coming to you from Long Shop, including the Arctic Triumph. Triomphe. Additionally, all fees for the winners will be covered as well as a $10,000 award to the nominator. Be sure to stay tuned to In the Money Media for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage.
1: We're thrilled to continue our partnership with Woodbine for the 2023 season. This weekend features two Canadian-bred steaks for three-year-olds, one for Phillies, and another for open company. The Breeder Stakes is the third leg of the Canadian Triple Crown and will feature three-year-olds at 12 furlongs on the grass. Don't miss out on all the Woodbine action. For more information, go to www.woodbine.com. The
2: Owners' Box is brought to you in part by TOBA. TOBA's mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of thoroughbred owners and breeders. And, Billy, did you know the projects managed by TOBA include the American Great Stakes Committee, the Claiming Crown, the Ownership Seminars, the Breeding Confirmation Pedigree Clinics, as well as the Sales Integrity Program?
1: I did know that. Did you know that TOBA also provides international representation for U.S. owners and breeders on the International Grading and Race Planning Advisory Committee? International Cataloging Standards Committee and International Thoroughbred Breeders Federation.
2: The Thoroughbred Charities of America, or we call it the TCA, is the charitable arm of Toba, and Toba Media Properties, a subsidiary of Toba, is the subsidiary. co-owner. What I say? Subsidiary. Subsidiary of Toba is the co-owner of Bloodhorse.
1: Toba is represented on the board of directors of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association as a founding member, as well as the board of directors of the Racing, Medication, and Testing Consortium as a founding member. That's Toba.
2: You can tell which one of us went to college.
1: <laughs> I'm leaving that in. That's fine. <laughs> All right, back here on the Owner's Box, our very special guest today. Mr. Ty Leatherman. Ty, thank you for uh, joining us.
0: Oh, great. Thanks for having me. Um, you had a big weekend. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, a
1: little,
0: little, little
1: bit. A little <laughs> bit? A little, I, I think yeah, I'd little, say a little was, bit, but, you know, it it's, fun. you know, one of the things, and we'll, we'll get to this later, but it's, as as I keep telling Michelle, it's so easy to win, you know, grade ones. I mean, it's like,
0: huh, right? Well, everybody does it all the time, right? Right, yeah, right. We've had it's two one of things
2: that- grade one shipping this year. I'm just going to throw that out there.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just so easy. We're going to get into Ceiling Crusher. Michelle and I have already kind of discussed it, uh, but we're, we want to talk to you about her. But before we do that, just introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you um, got into horse racing ownership.
0: Well, um, quite honestly, it was uh, probably back in the late um, 1990s. Uh, Mid 1990s, um, my family uh, had always been into um, horses, not thoroughbreds, but um, uh, working cow horses and kind of a rodeo background. And um, I always kind of leaned towards the thoroughbreds. I kind of liked handicapping and kind of trying to figure out who's going to win the race. And uh, I had, uh, through a couple of mutual friends, had met um, Doug O'Neill. And uh, we were. Kind of friends first, and he I don't know, maybe had like two horses he had just branched out
1: oh long oh, yeah, wow. time ago
0: yeah, so this was a long time ago, and i uh I just started just i don't know me and a couple couple buddies just would throw some money into the account and claim one for ten or twelve five or sixteen, and just have some fun, and then the more um I got into it the the deeper. The deeper I went, <laughs> and uh, now I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but
1: uh, no, that's a good thing. But believe me, you're you're speaking to two complete degenerates uh,
0: <laughs> here, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it is what it is. And then, um, so I uh, I started to uh, go to a lot of the the yearling sales and the two year old training sales, especially when they used to have it at Barretts, um, picking up horses there. And I still love to to, to claim um, and just you know, try to try to figure it out and run them back where they belong. And, um, you know, just, uh, I guess, just typical uh, everybody that's into the game, you know. Yeah, but that was a long time ago, and you're just
1: claiming, you're claiming cheaper horses. I shouldn't say cheaper, less expensive horses. Um, yes. That, where, how did you make the transition? Obviously, though, this filly wasn't very expensive, and we're talking about Sane Crusher, but I've seen your name constantly on a lot of the Doug O'Neill stuff. Is that a thing where you're – Picking horses or is Doug just basically say, Hey, we're claiming this horse in the third.
0: You know, it, it's a, it's a joint effort. Um, I, I run some horses by Doug. Doug runs run some horses by me. And, uh, um, if we, uh, if we both agree, then, uh, we jump in. And if one of us has a little bit of a hesitation, then we pass.
1: Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's a, that's called a partnership and that's good. Exactly. Yeah, but you know,
2: so not every trainer and owner work that way. So was that something that you guys began early on where it's more of a joint effort?
0: Yes, yes. I think probably because we were kind of friends first before I got into the to the actual ownership side of it. Um and I uh I look at the sheets a lot and I'll, I'll see a a horse maybe uh I don't know, you know, you, you always look at angles where well, hey, what what happens if we just put this, you know, this horse sprinting on the turf? It looks like sure. it uh, might it might work. And um, if he's like, yeah, you know what? Let's let's give a shot. Then we we jump in.
1: You know, it is interesting. Ty Leatherman joining us here on the owners box. It's interesting because Doug is very active in the claim box. He gets a lot of horses claimed. And one of the things you said that I thought was interesting was putting horses in the right spot. Michelle and I talk about this all the time on this show. Is that the tendency is you feel like you made a great claim, you jump the horse up in class, and all of a sudden the horse runs terrible, and you're like, ooh, why did I do that? Why did I, you know, talk a little bit about that strategy, especially with claiming horses. Well, with,
0: like, I look at it with uh, with uh, claiming horses is probably actually with all the horses. You know, they get good for a little bit of time, and then you might have to back off on them and give them some time. So when they're, when they're good, um, you want to run them. Yeah. And some, sometimes it's, uh, you know, as everybody knows, it's it's not an inexpensive sport. So, you know, if you if you claim one, say, for 16 or 20 and, you know, the horse is doing well and you can run it back for 10 or 12.5 with the purses, you're going to be all right. Sure. You, you know, um, in the long run, if you keep, in my opinion at least, if you keep running them a little bit above their head, you're uh, you're gonna you're gonna be a little bit in the red a few months
1: I, down the road. So you, you very well could be. I just need to know: was the fire truck in the background coming after you or Michelle?
2: Not me. Um, Not me.
1: No, I'm 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 in hiding right now. So okay. Sure. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was police <laughs> or fire. I want to make sure you're okay, Ty. Um, yeah, okay. I'm good. Have you done, we're talking about claiming, but obviously, and we're going to get to ceiling crusher soon because I know, I know Michelle wants to ask you all about her, but when, how did you do the transformation from claiming to buying horses at these sales? Do you go to the sales? Do you do the same type of things with sheets? Um, Are you influential in the, in the uh, purchases?
0: Yes, I am. I, I, um, I I do go to, to all the sales and um, Doug, Doug obviously um, has a lot of input, but so does um, a, a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Steve Rothblum that that, that um, mm-hmm. works with Doug. Um, Absolutely. You know, Leanne, Le, Leandro's a great horseman as well. Um, you know, I, I've, over the last few years, um, befriended um, a gentleman uh, by the name of John Brocklebank, and he has a really good eye for, for babies. And, you know, I just kind of like throw – bunch of stuff against these guys and you know hear what they have to say and then try to make an informed decision
1: (laughs) well and it it does help you know interestingly enough uh, little red feather is is a partnership group right we're a syndicate but you don't and correct me if i'm wrong i'm uh, but it doesn't seem like you own a lot of horses on your own it seems like doug constantly puts together these little partnerships i could be very wrong
0: no no you're you're right i i i um I enjoy the camaraderie i i um I've been partnering with um a gentleman by the name of Todd Katie recently, and he's a a super super guy, and we uh we kind of have the same opinion and and uh kind of enjoy uh each other's company so it, it's kind of fun to to partner with people like that
1: and it lessens your risk
0: yes, yeah the bill the monthly bills uh don't hurt as much when you open them up. Well, I tell you know I tell people
1: this. I tell people this all the time. And Ty, again, correct me if I'm wrong, because people are like, you know, sometimes you get you get a good horse, you get a ceiling crusher, you get a you get an Elm Drive, someone like that. And and I have people I say, oh, I should have taken twenty percent of that one. You know, but you can't you can't look at it that way because of all the times you probably you wish you only had five percent of a particular horse, right? uh actually the
0: majority of them yes
1: <laughs> but <laughs> honestly <laughs> no, listen you can say it on here we talk about it Michelle and I talk about I'm going to give you a statement and then you can tell me you can go go forward from there okay this game is hard go. it is ex-
0: it it, it, it <laughs> is yeah it is extremely difficult it really is and uh you got to you can't get too high and you can't get too low you just kind of have to you know, realize that they are four-legged animals, and you know, sometimes they just—it's not going to be their day. And, yeah, uh, um, it, it is what it is. It well, happens, you had
1: a—you uh, had, had a great day this weekend. I'm going to let Michelle take you down the uh, Ceiling Crusher Avenue. Michelle, go for it.
2: Well, Ty, uh, can we go back to how you guys acquired Ceiling Crusher? Because I feel like her path has been a long and windy one from an RNA in the Northern California sale to where she is now.
0: Yeah. I, it's getting back to the, uh, the gentleman that, uh, um, John Brocklebank had, 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 uh, give, I gotta give him all the credit. He, uh, he purchased her as a uh, I believe as a yearling, um, broker. And, um, she, uh, she broke her maiden first time out. I believe it was at Santa Anita. And, uh, as an early two year old. And, um, uh, he, he was extremely high on her. And, uh, we had kept uh, in contact and I had just mentioned to him, Hey, if you ever, you know, if, if you, if you guys ever, um, sell, sell that horse or think about selling it, let me know. And, um, just rewinding a little bit prior to that, he had put together a partnership that he, he went down to, he goes down to that Keeneland sale and looks for a few horses to pin hook. And I jumped in on that. So, with the, uh, the pin hooking partnership, um, we stayed in contact. And, um, when the, when the horse ran first time out ceiling crusher, um, she, she came out with, uh, typical two year old issues. She, she got, she developed, uh, shins and, uh, a few baby issues. So, uh, um, uh, they stopped John and, and Louis, Louis Mendez, uh, trains, uh, with John. And, um, You know they gave her the time off and 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 towards the end of her two-year-old year year, she she, uh she was doing doing pretty good and um that's when we started talking to john actually it was myself and then um, one of the other partners tim Kasparov, uh was also involved in the pin hooking deal Mm -hmm. and so john you know ran it by us and and we uh we thought this would be great um you know, a cowbred still has all of her conditions and, um, you know, she ran really nice first time out and never did we think that she was going to be this good. We we thought that, uh, she was going to be a nice Calbred and, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, that old saying, it pays to be cowbred but, uh, there, there's a good amount of money, uh, for a three-year-old Calbred year. So that was kind of our goal just to, to get her and then take, take our time with her and, and, uh, try to see if, um, she can compete in those Calbred Philly stakes. And, um, you know, she, she, she came out, um, training really good for us and she won a first condition Calbred and, um, she went okay. She she looked pretty good. And then, um, we tried her a couple stakes races and she really, uh, she really, really ran, ran pretty good.
1: Yeah, just, just um, so everybody knows, yeah, she broke her maiden, had the time off, won a Calvert allowance, then won the Evening Jewel and the malaire back to back. Like
2: seventeen lengths, yeah, like,
1: like yeah, 300 hundred yeah. lengths. I think it was three hundred. Can, 300 can I
2: interrupt real quick? Yeah, can I, uh, let's ahead, real go. quick. So she she was a Northern California RNA for twenty two thousand. Oh no, she sold for twenty-two thousand to Brocklebank. Then they sold. tried to sell her in the Yearling, and she was a one hundred fifteen thousand dollars RNA. Can we ask how much you guys paid for her after her maiden?
1: You
0: don't have to tell us. But you don't have to tell cool, us, yeah. But it'd be kind of cool. Okay, well, if it's kind of cool, I don't mind. I hope my partners don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: does it really matter now because she's a Grade One winner?
2: Yeah, now, but 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 they bought her Alpha Maiden's card. I feel like a lot of people that are listening to this show wanna I wanna give them realistic expectations, right? Sure. You guys didn't pick her up for twenty thousand dollars after her maiden breaker. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Yeah, correct, correct. No. Um and uh when she she RNA'd at that sale, I at that time, um God, she looked good, but I, I'm not so sure she was a hundred percent um over all of her little issues. And mm-hmm. that might have been one of the reasons why she didn't bring as much as they wanted for her. But but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. I I um, after that that sale, that's when we we started to to talk to um, John Brocklebank more in depth uh, uh, about buying her. Can I can I guess? Can I guess if she? Oh, I want to guess too. I want to guess too. Okay, you go
1: first, Michelle. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess a range.
2: I want. Okay. I think it's. It's got a two to two to three hundred. I think two hundred and fifty no. is the right number.
1: No, because she RNA'd for one hundred and fifteen, and they called her right after. It's going to be no. Less... They
2: bought her after her maiden breaker.
1: Oh, then she came back
0: and broke her maiden.
1: No, I'm going to say no,
0: no. Actually, she broke her maiden in early exactly. in her two year old year, and then right. we the we bought her at the end of her uh, right two year old year, beginning of her three year old year. Yes. So, See, she, so she, they she bought
2: her interested.
1: after she won. I, I'm going to say. I'm gonna say it was under 200.
2: I say over 200, then just to be just to be open. Well,
0: you're you're both really close because uh, you both told me the number. Yeah, there you go. Oh,
2: so 200? Okay,
0: that's very fair. That seems that's fair. that's super and, fair. Well, for I what think you think did... it, I think I think it ended up being a uh, a very fair deal for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely, she almost turned
2: a million dollars, and she just won a grade one. I think it's a super fair deal. <laughs> well, but here's
1: the thing. They they took money, listen, they took money off the table. They got paid the amount they wanted to get. That was, they had no, you know, yes, she's turned into a a superstar and a grade one winner and Uh just won a million dollars. But that doesn't always happen, Michelle. You know that. So I think what Ty is saying, and correct me again, Ty, is that everyone felt good about the deal, even as she's going up through the stakes ranks. I don't think anybody's right now going, oh, we shouldn't have sold, we should have sold her for more. They might say, Ooh, maybe we made a mistake by selling her in the first place, but I don't think, I think it's, I think everyone feels good to about it. To be fair, that's okay.
2: Brockle game, though. He wants to sell Correct.
1: Correct. Exactly. All right. So tell us about, tell us about this weekend. Did you go to parks?
0: Actually, the all the partners did end up going to parks, and, um, obviously, uh, poured rain. I mean, yeah, it did, it did, it, 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 it poured rain. Um, it was, uh, not the best of, of, weather however um you know when a track gets sealed and it's rain most of the time it does favor speed so we weren't we weren't too disappointed um in regards to the race um it did kind of you know not suck but it was you know (laughs) traveling in the rain and then when it's (laughs) pouring down rain it's not the easiest to you know to get, get around, but the parks was great. Um, they were very, uh, gracious. Uh, they, they put on a a, 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 nice, uh, a nice day of racing, uh, despite the weather.
1: Yeah. I went there a couple of years ago for the first time. And I must say, um, the accommodations, um, you know, that stakes room that they had, I thought was really nice. They had TVs everywhere. Uh, I thought I, I was very well treated, um, when when we went to parks, I imagine you felt the same way. Yeah,
0: yes, I, I did. It, it, it was really nice. They were uh, they were very receptive. And, um, you know, they had a pretty decent turnout uh, considering uh, the weather. The weather. So, yeah. did, did you go by the casino? I have a
2: real quick question. Going, I, I want oh. to kind of go backwards real quick. So when she uh, came to Del Mar and she ran – I think your guys' plan all along was the cotillion, right? But then she came and she got beat in the fleet Treat. Were you guys thinking, like, oh, maybe we overestimated her or did she have an excuse that day? I know she came back, obviously, well in the Torrey Pines after, but what were you thinking right after the fleet Treat? Was there a thought process of rerouting?
0: Um, you know, uh, the only uh, thought process of rerouting was possibly um, getting a, a race in another race in her between, um, before the cotillion.
2: Okay. Um,
0: if she, if, if, um, everything obviously worked out for the best, but if she would have won that race, I'm not so, I think we might've just trained her up to the cotillion. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but you know, it, it, uh, I think upon talking to Doug, he, he, he might have wanted to, um, possibly train her a little bit different going into that race just because we were cutting back to seven eighths from yeah. two turns. Um, and, uh, but you know, it, it, it's horse racing. You know, she didn't break as alert as she normally does. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, for my personal opinion, she, 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 I don't think she really liked getting a little bit of dirt in her face. It was the first time that she uh, had right. um, faced adversity. And um, I think she just kind of was like, eh, I really don't like this. Um, but it just wasn't her day. And, um, you know, she still ran a respectable third. Uh, it just wasn't one of her typical races. And um, we had thought um, after that race to possibly um, shoot for, Maybe um, either like, I think it was the Charlestown Oaks or yep. mm-hmm. a, the the prep for the cotillion. Um, we actually nominated and then we, uh, as we got closer to the Charlestown Oaks, um, we weren't going to make the field due to our um, not having enough graded earnings. Mm. Which, which worked out for the best because oh you oh there you there. think Ty you think it works
1: <laughs> <out>?
0: <laughs> yeah just a little bit <laughs> I mean yeah you you just won a grade
1: one in a million dollar race I say I'd say all the strings were were pulled perfectly <laughs> so
0: so uh, yeah so we ran uh, that Tory Pine stakes and she got back on track and then um, she uh, she gosh she came out of that race Doug said just as probably better than she, she had come out of any other races. Uh, she was really doing well. So, um, that's when, when, uh, we said, you know what, heck, let's just go take a chance. Wow.
1: That's pretty amazing. Um, what were you thinking? I, look there, for those of you who didn't see the race, I mean, she took the lead from the start kind of was cruising on an easy lead. Edwin Maldonado, one of the best in the business in Southern California, maybe in the country of getting horses to relax up front. I, I was watching the race, and, and I was a little worried that you know the Grade One winner, pretty mischievous, was kind of making up a lot of ground late. And and there was a second where I was
0: like, "Oh no, this Philly's going to get nailed." Did you feel that? I did actually. I I, uh, I as I was watching the the, the I'm coming for home, I was just saying, "Come on, wire. We need the wire." Come on. But, um, yeah, you
2: only held <laughs> off the Kentucky Oaks winner coming at you.
0: Well, and and just to give Edwin um, his due, I, I think he actually won the race on the top of the stretch, turning for home. He he got into her and made her just uh like focus and say, "Let's go and come catch me." And I think that that was the winning move right there. Um, and if you watch the race, he he just asks her right at the top of the stretch and just uh kind of um, takes it to him, and then he held on. You, you, um, you sound you, you sound very calm
1: right now, Ty, and it could be just a matter well, of you know we no one gets nervous for our podcast. But that day, <laughs> were, you, were you were you nervous? Were you excited? What was? Get, tell us a little bit about your personal experience running a million dollar trade one. All
0: right, just uh, let me rewind a little bit. <laughs> the 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 there was one race that um, uh, we I, I had back in two thousand and. I think it was. So after that race, I figured everything else I can't get too excited or too too down. Um, we had claimed a, a horse named Fleet Street Dancer for $40,000. I remember, yeah. And then um, he ended up winning the Japan Cup um, and he went off at 49 to 1. Now that was exciting. Well. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so uh, so I I was pretty calm. Um, I mean, when you're running for a million dollars, I'd have been happy to finish third. One point 5,
2: five million.
0: One point five million. Yeah. Was it 1.5? Yeah.
2: 5? I think so.
0: That was a
1: million. Well, whatever it is. Well, but but you have a good cheerleader there with you. I mean, I think Doug O'Neill. Is one of those guys that no matter what happens, you guys were going to have fun. He's going to keep it positive. Uh, I was actually interesting enough. I was at the day that Hot Rod Charlie, uh, won the Pennsylvania Derby with, you know, with Doug. I was there with our good friend Bill Strauss that we try to mention on every show. Um, and, but Doug is just, he's just an uber positive guy.
0: He really is he's he's a he's a fun um a fun guy to hang out with he's um uh, he he makes he makes everything uh fun and uh he's got a great outlook on life and um you know uh as with me i don't think he ever gets too too excited or too uh too down he he knows that there's always another day of horse racing but uh i have to say we were definitely excited uh when we won for sure. <laughs> Well, um, as, 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 for her you now.
1: as you should be what's what are the plans for seeing yeah, I, I
2: mean are we like thinking like breeder's cup or are we thinking like back to cowbreds and i have to like send my cowbred out of town to hide from you or I what's like, the deal i like
0: the La Brea. yeah you know we, we're we're most likely not going to go to the breeder's cup um a um she's not nominated to the breeder's cup mm. um so, so you, just won, um, you just won a very big, yeah. Party. But
2: you, well, oh, you have a, she's not nominated, you have to pay the like it supplementation, is. it's like five hundred thousand dollars or something like that. I, I, do I,
0: it. I, I think it's 150,000. I think that same, I think. don't uh, <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I think it is. Um, and it would probably be if we would go, it would either be, I guess, the sprint or the distaff. Um, but. I, I think I, I after talking to some of the partners and Doug and the team, I think we possibly would skip it and then maybe point to the breeders cup next year
1: That's as good. long as
0: she continues. Um, and I think, you know, grow up a little bit as a four year old and, and might, uh, might have a better shot. There's some toughies in that, 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 uh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that you've, you've undersold everything. Like there's some toughies. <laughs> yeah. You think.
1: There's some <laughs> monsters in there. Believe me, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare sprint might be absolutely monstrous. You don't want to run against Echo Zulu. but um,
0: Well, not only Echo, Echo Zulu, but I think Goodnight Olive would be there too. Absolutely. Right? Goodnight Olive, last year's champ.
1: Um, yeah, it's going to be a beast of a race. Ty, before we let you go, um, tell us, you, you've been in the game for a long time now um give our audience some words of wisdom of something that 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 you you've learned over your years that that
0: you want to share gosh uh you know the horse the horse racing business is so fun if you like definitely get jump in with like little red feather get a partnership together it is so fun it's so exciting and 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 you, you what people don't understand is you can do it and you don't need a million dollars to to jump into this game. Yep.
1: Well, we appreciate the advertisement. We appreciate you spending the time with us. Congratulations on Ceiling Crusher and all your other victories. I I know, I, like I said, I see your name all over the place and, and the program for a lot of these claiming horses, too. Uh, you've done an excellent job, and, and we appreciate you spending the time with
0: us today. Well, thanks for inviting me. I, I appreciate you guys. All right, man. Thanks, Ty. Talk to you soon. See you, bud. Take care, with we'll
1: the up.
2: All right. All right. Ty, 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 Before you go. Um, yes. Uh, off, off the, off record. This is just. Oh, I'm still, I'm
0: still recording.
2: I just want to know what happened to a horse of mine that he claimed. Where's Kana?
0: <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, oh, I loved Kana. He was so cool. <laughs> I loved that little. little you know, he. Um, we ran him. I think twice. Twice in times. like
2: ten days. Yes.
0: Yes. And he came out with a um, a chip. And I think it was in either the ankle or the knee. Mm-hmm. So we took the chip, the chip off. And, um, you know, he, he, he came back in training, he was doing okay. But um, you know what, I, I just decided to, um, to turn him out and, uh, and uh, just have him be a horse. I, I didn't want to bring him back. Uh, right. He wasn't doing a hundred percent, and he's uh, so cool. Yeah.
2: I, we we did like three surgeries on him. So,
0: yeah, I I, I think if I'm not mistaken, he was like a six year old gelding. So yeah,
2: yes,
0: you know, but at, does he at have, that like
2: a good home is like is he with somebody?
0: Yes, he's up in um, Northern California, and he's actually um, he is a. Uh, uh, Gosh, um, it's um for special needs kids. He's like a um, you know, like one of those. No
2: kids. way!
0: Yeah, he's so cool. It's it's awesome. Oh, you know,
1: like now, by the way, Michelle, I'm leaving this in the show.
0: Just so you know, the one, <laughs> the <laughs> one <laughs> thing that, the one thing that that um I do do and and I, like I I love taking care of the horses so if they're not going to be racehorses we, we we definitely try to find them some somewhere to go to 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 live the rest of their life right um you know i had this fleet street dancer and then i also had a, a gelding by the name of excessive pleasure and they both were very good to me they both ended up winning over one and a half million dollars each so my brother has a has a a ranch back in texas and so we just shipped them back there once they're um their days were 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 gone, and just to to live to live out their life and and and, and just enjoy themselves.
2: Oh, I love That's that! So
0: good, man. That's I, so great. Can can I tell you a story about Kana.
2: So he was like he was mean, super duper mean, like really aggressive. And but if my daughter would come in and she was probably three or four at the time, he would put his head down and he would let her nuzzle him and like pet his little brain muscles or like poke him in the nose. And he would just stand there with his head like dropped down for ages for her.
0: So, you know, like, what's interesting you say that is my girlfriend has a younger son and he loved him. It's he wild, was always, right? yes. And that's what, when, and, and that's when this opportunity for him came up. It's that, perfect because he's just going to, he's just working with kids. So, that's awesome.
2: That makes my heart so happy. Uh, he was like, one of our favorite. Well, he was Ryan's favorite horse forever since he was a baby. We still have a picture of him in my house, like hanging over my bed.
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome! awesome. So, this, is great. So, this is. I'm so is, glad
2: to hear that. Thank for you for those, sharing for, with me. For those people uh, who,
1: are, who are still listening and haven't gotten off yet. I mean, this is what it's all about. Is is aftercare and and Ty, the story you just told is is incredible, and we appreciate it.
0: <laughs> no problem.
1: <laughs> right, I, could talk, I could talk horses all day. Yeah, well, we, look, when we need to fill in guests, we're calling you back. Now get out of here. <laughs> all right.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. All right,
1: thanks, Ty. Guy. <laughs> Ty Leatherman here on the Owner's Box. Michelle, um, what, a great, what a great win for them. What a great job by Doug O'Neill and his what team. a great
2: win for me, Billy, because I picked her up in my fantasy stable like, our last draft, and I said – I want her because she's going to win the Cotillion, and all I got were laughs.
1: Wow! So
2: it was a very big wah, ah, ah moment for me in my fantasy horse racing.
1: Good for you. Who, do you have any little red feather horses?
2: I had Beer Can Man. Yes.
1: Oh, he's he's going to run uh, not this weekend, but next weekend.
2: And I also have Balnikov.
1: Oh, he's running in the Eddie D coming up on Saturday I down the hill.
2: I hope he does good because I should have probably taken GFP.
1: I don't know. And- yeah. I
2: took another horse instead and then didn't get GFPs. I took Balnikov thinking, like, maybe. But, I yes, so I, I do have two Little Red Feather horses.
1: I love it, Michelle. Huge weekend coming up on opening weekend at Santa Anita. Michelle, talk a little bit about the weekend.
2: Okay, so obviously, like you said, we're going to be returning for our autumn meet, which is highlighted by the Breeders' Cup at the end of the meeting. Um, we are going to be having a traditional pick six Okay, so that's gonna come back to Santa Anita with a dollar minimum. No more rainbow. We're also gonna have this new all turf pick three, and it's the last three turf races on any Santa Anita card every race day with a three dollar minimum. So that makes it kind of fun. Uh, we are going to be having L.A. tacos this opening Saturday. It's called Buda Mania.
1: Ooh, that what? Makes wait, say that again.
2: Buda Mania.
1: Like Bira, B-E-E-R. Like
2: B I R R I A. B? I don't know. It's those tacos that you dip in the sauce.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those.
2: Okay. So we have all of that as well as Breeders' Cup winning your in races, uh, coming up for this weekend. We've got the Eddie D, like you mentioned, the Grade One Awesome again, the Santa Anita Sprint Championship. We've got the City of Hope Stakes. We've also got the Chillingsworth on Friday. And then on Sunday, we have the Zenyatta, the John Henry, the Tokyo City, and the Unzip Me Stakes. And it's also Japanese Family
1: Day. Can we talk about the, um, the Race Friday, the Chillingsworth?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay, going they for her, did draw, her but I have not looked at the race
1: yet. So I know Ida's in
2: there. I'm sure you ran. No, What's your Elm,
1: face? Elm Drive. What's her face?
2: Elm Drive.
1: Elm Drive is post four. She's okay. three to one on the morning line. Ida post five, four to five on the morning line. And then Mike McCarthy has that good three-year-old clearly unhinged that drew the rail. She's four to one on the morning line. Ida has won, I think, 27 straight races. Uh, she's pretty much unbeatable, so we're just gonna you know, we're gonna try to beat her.
2: You know, your Philly ran such a great a great race last time, though.
1: Yeah, she did. I
2: don't, I, yeah, don't funny, Michelle. Don't count out Elm Drive, especially I, on the turn back in distance. Obviously, she didn't want to go that far. That was a send and hold, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah I. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm interested to see because she ran that first quarter last time in like forty eight I think I'm just throwing 46. it out there.
2: 46 like
1: oh, 46 and change but 46 she 46 forty-four when she sprints but I I always wonder when they when you stretch them out and they're able to relax I'm worried about the next start and and right. do they relax again you know I'm just right. kind of it's it's interesting to it'll be an interesting race to see, uh, see what happens but you know horses have come out of this race and run very well in the Breeders' Cup uh Philly and Mare Sprint including the winner 2 years ago Cece. how about that Little known fact, little known fact. All right, Michelle, great talking to you again. Um, we'll do it again next week, and we'll start our, our Breeders' Cup previews coming up because there's all these big races around the country. I look forward to it. Yay! Uh, if you have any questions about the show, email me, billy at littleredfeather.com. Michelle, we have received some emails lately. <gasps> we have? Yeah, I'm going to send them to you. We really, really nice comments from some people. They love you, and they love Jordan.
2: Oh, that's so funny. Well, what yep. about you, Billy? I'm sure they love no, you, no, too.
1: Nobody nobody likes me. Uh, yes. Twitter, at Ownahorse, at BKLRF, at DMichelleU. Tweet us if you have any con- ideas. Only positive stuff. No negativity on the owner's box. Uh We are part of the In The Money Media Network. And, Michelle, we'll do this again next week.
2: Sounds perfect. See you guys later. Bye.
1: I was waiting for the bye.
2: Well, you usually say something, and then I say the bye.
1: Okay. Goodbye. Bye.